in an English satirical novel of the last century. A certain Gulliver, returning from the land of the Lilliputians, where the people were only a few inches tall, had grown so accustomed to thinking of himself as a giant that, as he walked along the streets of London, he kept shouting at passers-by and carriages to be careful and get out of his way so he wouldn't trample them, imagining that he was still a giant and they were very tiny. People laughed at him and made fun of him, and rough coachmen even lashed him with their whips. But was that fair? What is habit not capable of? Habit had driven Stepan Trofimovich almost as far as that, but in a more innocent and inoffensive way, if one can put it like that, because he was such a splendid man. I'm actually inclined to think he was entirely forgotten in the end. On the other hand, it can't be said that he was completely unknown earlier on. There's no doubt that at one time he belonged to our famous galaxy of illustrious men of the last generation. At one time, though only for a brief moment, his name was uttered by many impulsive people of the day almost in the same breath with Chudayev, Bielinsky, Kanovsky, and Herzl, who was then just embarking on his activities abroad. But Stepan Trofimovich's activity ended almost as soon as it began, as a result, so to speak, of a whirlwind of concurrent circumstances. And what do you think? It turned out later there had been neither whirlwind nor circumstances, at least not in this instance. Only a few days ago I learned, to my great amazement, but from a most reliable source, that Stepan Trofimovich had been living in our province not as an exile, as we'd been led to believe, nor had he ever been under police surveillance. Such is the power of imagination. All his life he devoutly believed that in certain spheres he was regarded with apprehension, that his every step was being watched, and that three successive governors in the last twenty years arrived to take over the administration of our province with a certain preconceived notion about him inculcated from above and handed down with their appointment as governor. Had anyone tried to persuade the Honorable Stepan Trofimovich with irrefutable evidence that he really had nothing to fear, he would certainly have been highly offended. And yet he was a very intelligent and talented man, even, so to say, a scholar, although, in fact, his scholarship, well, in a word, his scholarship had accomplished very little. In fact, it seems, it had accomplished nothing at all. But then that happens all the time with men of learning in Russia. He returned from abroad and distinguished himself as a university lecturer towards the end of the 1840s. He managed to deliver only a few lectures on the Arabs, I believe. He also succeeded in defending a brilliant dissertation on the potential civic and Hanseatic significance of the little German town of Hanau between 1413 and 1428, including the peculiar and obscure reasons why that significance never materialized. His dissertation was a clever and painful dig at the Slavophiles of the day, and immediately made him many bitter enemies. Later on, after he lost his university position, he managed to publish 
as a form of revenge, so to speak, just to show them what sort of man they'd lost, in a progressive monthly journal which translated the works of Dickens and advocated the ideas of George Sand, the beginning of some very profound piece of research. I believe it was about the causes of the extraordinary moral nobility of certain knights at some time or other, or something of that sort. In any case, it expounded some lofty and exceptionally noble idea. It was said afterwards that the continuation of his research had been hastily forbidden, and that even the progressive journal suffered as a result of having published the first part. That may very well have been so, since all sorts of things were possible in those days, but in this case it was more likely that nothing of the kind occurred and the author himself was simply too lazy to complete the work. He curtailed his lectures on the Arabs because somehow someone, obviously one of his reactionary...